0: Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Takovas from the podcast, stopped into the store, next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up Well, even Haley Kavinder can fall into the vortex of self-doubt because of social media. Cavender said she had a mental breakdown after her relationship with Cowboys tight end Jake Ferguson went public. She said, I started looking at the comments about my face. Oh, my God. So you're an influencer who is widely understood to be incredibly beautiful, have millions and millions of followers. You make millions of dollars basically doing nothing. And yet, social media is so powerful. Someone, some guy behind his keyboard can go, Wow, well, your face looks like it's Humpty Dumpty." Is it true? This is the Zabe Cast from the mean streets of McLean, Virginia, to the Harvard of the West, UC Santa Barbara. You got thirty minutes for some honest conversation about sports, life, and more. Well, good. Buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Thursday, January 25, 2024, thank you for joining me. I am back in the closet again, this time with a better microphone. This is the Rode NT Mini, which is actually, it's kind of like a hybrid between a low-end USB digital microphone and something a bit more robust, 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 if you will. And when you pair it with a nice, quiet environment like this, well, then your vocal tonage comes through in a beautiful fashion like this. Now, my voice is also feeling pretty good right now. It's sounding pretty good right now. I'm controlling my GERD with medication. I should probably work on controlling my GERD with, oh, I don't know, not doing things that will tear up my vocal cords, not eating three hours prior to going to bed, not Drinking soda with carbonation and chemicals and everything else. Not drinking bourbon at night. But I like bourbon at night. What am I supposed to do? Drink it during the day? Oh, oh. If only we all had that luxury, right? But anyway, voice is feeling good. The acoustics in here are nice. And it's just you and I today. Just you and me in the closet for the next 30 minutes. I've got a lot of good stuff to get to, so we will get to it. I tried to get Notorious J.A.Y. on today because of Todd Helton making the Hall of Fame along with Adrian Beltre and Joe Maurer. We talked about this a bit yesterday with Charge. I I seem to recall, but you guys recall better than me, Jay's hatred of Todd Helton. Well, just the disdain for the notion that his Coors Field-inflated statistics were worthy of the Hall of Fame. And so when I get Jay on, and I guess he made a claim that he would quit baseball if Todd Helton was ever in the Hall of Fame, I don't think that's going to happen. But either way, I've felt this way about Hall of Fames for a long time, that they are becoming now more just a, well, look at all his stats, we probably should put him in. I almost think that Hall of Fame should have no benchmarks, no requirements, no guidance amongst the voters as to who should be in, you should just say, well, why should people know about this person? Would they come into the Hall of Fame and go running right to the exhibit that has the great insert name here player? I'm guessing the stampede to the Todd Helton bust in Cooperstown is not going to be too crazy. But anyway, Jay's going to come on when he gets a chance. He couldn't come on today. I've got a commitment tonight. It's our Sunburn Bowl 5 document party here in Milwaukee where those who are going on the trip with us are going to meet. We're going to get our documents, the you know all the stuff you have to fill out for the Mexican government to get down to Riviera Maya, which is also Cancun. And let me make this a PSA one more time. I didn't start my first time ever to Cancun, Mexico. And then Riviera Maya, which is kind of the classier, more family, more adult portion of that part of Mexico, further to the south. I hadn't been there until I went on a trip with Bob and Brian back in 2015. And I was already 48 years old at that time. And I said, why haven't I been here before? Flights are plentiful and relatively inexpensive. There are a ton of resorts, something for everybody, and it's... Eastern time zone. It's not too long of a flight. It's fantastic. Service is great as well. It has American tempo service with the friendliest uh, Mexican service help you could possibly have. I, I highly recommend it. You missed out on this year's trip. You could have joined us, but maybe next year. If there is a next year, because I always never take anything for granted. My first comments tonight at the document party to the people will be simply, nobody die. If anyone dies on this trip. I know that sounds morbid. It's what Sally would say. Nobody die. If somebody dies, that's, I'm pretty much guessing the trip is over for years to come, whether it's anyone's fault whatsoever. Because that's a that's a tough one. Like, hey, did you hear about sunburn last year? The guy died. <laughs> yeah. What happened? And then rumors start flying. Anyway, I highly recommend Cancun. And with the weather that much of the country is having, aren't you ready for it? We're not even into February yet, and the weather does suck. Okay, let's get to the sport, shall we? I'm not going to bore you with too much of the drama regarding the Milwaukee Bucks and their coaching situation. I know that's a very localized thing. We touched on it with the charts yesterday. But there's an ESPN angle to this, which is interesting. Doc Rivers is apparently going to take over. CNN first reported the news, according to TNT, which is part of that CNN family. Uh, There were snarky comments such as, what, did Jerome Jerenovich report that? I'm Jerome Jerenovich. I'm Van Earl Wright. Did uh, Nick Charles or Fred Hickman report that? CNN used to be a much bigger player, at least tangentially in the world of sports, with the, with the Nick and Hick show, their 30-minute wrap-up at night, which was glorious. Uh, everyone liked Fred Hickman and Nick Charles. I, I'm trying to think who is still left of the two. Uh, I know one of them passed away, but either way, I was making Bonnie Batista resets as well. Classic CNN days. They report that you know Doc Rivers is going to be the head coach, and that's great in that he's a veteran coach who's won a championship, who knows how to do it, who's going to be a better communicator than Griffin. He's going to run offensive and defensive sets the players can buy into and they get. But there's one, I don't want to say small problem. It's a bigger-than-small problem, and that is Doc Rivers is the biggest choker in the playoffs there has ever been as a coach. I mean, just a massive choke. Now, some will say, but look, look at the guys he's, quote, choked with, James Harden, Chris Paul, Joel Embiid. These are not necessarily the kind of players in the NBA you'd hold up as saying, wow, they're closers, they're finishers, these guys are badasses. But still, he's blown more two-game leads in the postseason than any other coach in history. And then what happens if the Bucs are a second-round exit, just like Buden- Well, Budenholzer was a first-round exit, but let's say they only get through the first round, then they flame out for a team that was built and designed to go all the way. What are you going to do? Are you going to fire Jackson? Are you going to fire uh, – uh, uh... okay, slow down here, everybody. Are you going to fire Doc Rivers? I would say probably not because they've already got three coaches on the payroll. <laughs> Griffin got a half a year he's on a four- year deal. Oh man, I'd love to have that I'd love to I love to be bought out. I said that myself, but would you really want to sit around and do nothing for three and a half years yeah, okay, nothing How much Netflix can you watch? How many days can you go to the golf course and convince yourself this is great another day of pl- shooting ninety five. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to try it at some point, but for a guy like Griffin, he'll probably land somewhere else and coach. But here's the interesting thing. Jimmy Traina writing for SI.com, SI is still alive. I want to emphasize that. They just fired almost everybody, but they're still alive. And Jimmy Trena, T-R-A-I-N-A, who writes a media column for them, is excellent. I really enjoy his stuff. And of course, being in the media, I'm always interested in his thoughts on it. And his first bullet point today regarding Doc Rivers now leaving their A-team, their newly revamped A-team, because remember, they fired Jeff Van Gundy. They fired um, uh, Mark Jackson, and they retooled with Doris Burke alongside Breen, who who was a holdover, Doris Burke, and then Doc Rivers. Well, now Doc's gone. So that was kind of dumb. His number one bullet point was simply ESPN screwed ESPN. And he references the great Vince McMahon on the Bret Hart screw screw job back in the day in Montreal. Let's cut right to the chase. Seven days ago at the Survivor Series, did you or did you not screw Bret Hart? Some would say, I screwed Bret Hart. Bret
1: Hart would definitely tell you, I screwed him. I look at it from a different standpoint. I look at it from a standpoint of the referee did not screw Bret Hart. Shawn Michaels certainly did not screw Bret Hart. Nor did Vince McMahon screw Bret Hart.
0: I truly believe that Bret Hart screwed Bret Hart. And
2: he can look in the mirror and
0: know that. Yeah, that's what Trainer's point is. One of the reasons, according to sources, that ESPN got rid of Van Gundy is they were worried that he was sniffing around at getting back on the sidelines and so instead of losing van gundy midseason to a job hire or whatever they just made the move and 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 redid it but doc rivers himself was sniffing around at jobs he was apparently one of the finalists for the phoenix job and now he's leaving midseason so stupid mike breen along with van gundy and mark jackson was a sublime delight of excellence as a broadcast booth and that espn broke it up cuz they had to save money because they had their reasons or because they were worried that Jeff Van Gundy was going to leave, is ridiculous. Trena wrote at the time of Van Gundy's bizarre dismissal, quote, first off, why not just deal with Van Gundy leaving ESPN to coach again when it happens, since no one knows whether it will happen? Why the preemptive strike? Second and more important, you can absolutely take it to the bank that Rivers does want to coach again. So this logic makes no sense, wrote Trena, I'd be shocked if River- if Rivers Lifts lasts at ESPN for more than two seasons, maybe three tops. Wow, said Jimmy, quote, "I feel like such a dope for thinking Rivers would stay in broadcast for two whole years. It lasted, well, three months. Good luck to Doc Rivers. He played at Marquette. He is a Milwaukee legend and favorite. He knows how to do the job, but he also is a choker, and the pressure on him is going to be immense. Non-sports. We're going to go eeny, meeny, miny, mo here. Non-sports story. Headline, Gen Z loves self-checkout, but not for the reasons you may think. Story in the New York Post says a whopping one-third of Gen Z shoppers admit they prefer self-checkout kiosks. Why? Why? So they can shoplift. <laughs> this is not surprising to me. No offense to Gen Z. I have one of them. Two of them, actually. According to a recent Lending Tree survey of 2,000 Americans, nearly half of Gen Z respondents said they steal, most exp- they steal the most expensive item from their cart when doing self-checkout. Only 37% said that they would steal, quote, necessities oh oh just necessities according to one survey respondent, and this is typical gen z quote we have so many companies that don't care about their customers only about making money if we can punish the corporation we feel we've done our best wow well isn't that on brand As major retailers attempt to cater to the younger generation whose dollar, should they even spend it, packs a powerful punch. Buyers tend to align their purchases with the brand's mission. The introduction of self-checkout stations could pose a financial risk because of that shoplifting. One 19-year-old said, I don't believe that stealing from large corporations is immoral, as it detracts from systems that exploit its workers and resources for economic gain. Well, what did you think would happen if you taught a whole generation that communism could make a comeback, that that was the way for economic prosperity. Good luck, retailers. You're going to need it. Dateline Buffalo. So the Jason Kelsey memes are flying all over the place after he went shirtless in the suite at the Bills-Chiefs game, right there with Taylor Swift and the rest of the chiefs glitterati as you were as it were and jason kelsey on the podcast he does with travis his brother called new heights it's i believe one of the top downloaded podcasts out there for sports in this one no but we're working on it it's beautifully produced i'm insanely jealous of their audio quality and video quality i need to Try to talk to somebody that works on that podcast. Going, so how do you do it? Do you record separately and then match them up? I'm sure they've got a team of like seven really sharp AV people. They're like, yeah, and money. Yeah, they got. They're they're making good money on this podcast. But I've not listened to the podcast. I've just seen clips of it. It seems eh, pretty entertaining. First and foremost, I generally don't listen to athlete driven podcasts. And one thing I scroll past. At 90 miles an hour, if not faster, is any clip from an athlete podcast where they tell a story. Let me tell you this story about the time I was drunk, about the time I was with these women. There was a time in which the coach told me to do this, and I told him to go fuck himself. There was a story. You may like stories from athletes from back in the day. And it's always they're retired now, so they're not going to tell anything juicy. If they're still playing, it could put their you know, starting status at risk or their paycheck or whatever. But the the old athletes telling stories, I, <laughs> I'm full of that. Maybe it's just my age and years in the business. I don't need that. What are your thoughts on athlete stories? Do you like them? Or are you more like me? Cool story, bro. It might be true, but who cares? It's just a story. Anyway, here on the uh, podcast – jason kelsey talks about his decision to go shirtless and what he told his lovely
2: young bride about that very decision Here it, was it was her kind of smiling and laughing at it and kind of for it like you oh, know there's jason i just know it was like that scene out of fucking uh i'm not gonna lie. i gave kylie a heads up I, the moment we got into the suite i said i'm <laughs> taking my shirt off and i'm jumping out of that suite and she said jason right. she said jason don't you dare and was like, hey. see i'm thinking so letting you know i'm happening. thinking it's like that, i'm not asking uh, for permission i'm doing this <laughs> Once, once a kelsey man's determined there's no fucking stopping him and she was already telling me to be on my best behavior because we were meeting taylor so she's like do not be hilarious. on your best behavior i was like kylie when i met you the first day i met you i was blacked out drunk and fell asleep at <laughs> the bar this is part of the charm this is part of the jason kelsey charm i want to make my best first impression i want to make my Blackout. best first impression this is my best chance this, this my best if first I'm, impression is a the worst impression ever so i, I can just build from that, that nice of oh, yeah, exactly <laughs> That was classic. (laughs) Oh man! Well, Tay says she absolutely loved you. So, (laughs) well, I felt like it was a scene out of old school where Will Ferrell's fucking running. I got so many of those going street. It was so. There you go. Tay loved him.
0: I think the whole Jason Kelsey, Kylie Kelsey, relationship and dynamic is as interesting, if not more interesting, than Travis and Taylor Swift. And I'm taking at face value that. Travis and Taylor Swift are genuinely in love, that this is not a work, that this is not just for publicity. Brett Favre has said, oh, it's totally for publicity and it's not going to end well for him. She's going to dump him. Anyway, there's one footnote to this. Apparently, Kylie Kelsey wants to get a cat. And Jason has said, uh, yeah, no, I I don't want a cat. (laughs) She now says, I'm going to use that exact quote that he did about
2: I'm not asking for permission for permission. I'm just telling it's you. her kind of smiling and laughing at it and kind of for it. Like, you oh, know, there's Jason. I just know it was like that scene out of fucking. Uh... I'm not going to lie. I gave Kylie a heads up. I, the moment we got into the suite, I said, I'm <laughs> taking my shirt off and I'm jumping out of that suite. And She said, Jason. Right. Yeah.
0: And, and so now she's just going to get a cat. I'm not even asking you. I'm just telling you I'm getting a cat. Speaking of this dynamic, there's a account on TikTok I swerved into somehow of this uh, seemingly mostly happily married uh, black guy in Atlanta, I believe it is, who is a huge fisherman, loves bass fishing. And he films these TikToks with his wife, who I think is mostly pretending to be mildly annoyed at his fishing passion. But there was one TikTok where... (laughs) She comes up, she's like, what's this? What is this list? And it was a list of like 30 dates. And he's like, that's my list of bass fishing tournaments for the summer. You've been notified. You're now aware. She's like, so what am I supposed to do with this? He's like, whatever you want, I'm just letting you know. She's like, so how many of these are two-day events? And he's like, well, there's some in there. And she's like, and that's four days, isn't it? One day of travel on each side? And he's like. You do with it what you want <laughs> they're very funny and this guy goddamn he fucking he has it all he's got the bass boat he's got a million rods he's waxing his boat but the best thing is he's got a hat and i don't I don't know if he made this up or I'm just out of the loop and haven't seen this as a trending type of hat but the hat set sa- the hat says grown ass man <laughs> which means I'm gonna go bass fishing I want I'm a grown ass man. But back to Kelsey's and the cat. One more thing on cats, and then I'll move on. Tyler Bass, uh, we all know, unfortunately missed that kick, deactivated his his Twitter account, which was then treated like, oh, my God, so you people out there are so awful. I can't believe death threats because of a missed kick. Look, there's always going to be assholes that do that. Probably a, tw- a 14-year-old kid somewhere just for fun throwing in a, fuck you, I hope you die. <laughs> And he's, you know, tweeting from his burner account. Stop taking that shit seriously. There's enough people that watch football, 50 million in this case, that, um, you know, someone's going to say something. I think Tyler Bass deactivating his Twitter account made perfect sense. Not in a, oh, my God, I'm so triggered and I'm afraid for my safety, more just a convenient thing like, okay, yeah, missed that kick. Probably gonna want to shut this thing down for a while. Just like we're closed, we're closed for renovations for a, a good long while. Apparently, though, fans have stepped up to turn a positive, turn a negative into a positive. And I guess Tyler Bass is a big cat guy. And I got nothing against men who like cats and own cats, but he's a big cat guy and he does stuff with this cat rescue. So people have donated a bunch of money to cat rescue organizations. So good for Tyler Bass and good for those who stepped up and donated to the cause. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. Dateline, politics. I know. I'll be short with this. So Trump wins New Hampshire, the second primary in the Republican trail. Already DeSantis, out. Already um, Vivek, out. Already uh, that tub, Chris Christie, out. Everybody's out but Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is being bankrolled by a major Democrat donor who would like her to somehow slide in, steal the nomination just in case to be either easier to beat or a much less unpalatable thought than Donald Trump returning to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But here's what's crazy. First of all, it's crazy that the system works so that we start in Iowa with caucuses, which are completely antiquated ways to gauge what candidates may or may not have the best ideas to run the country. Don't get me started on that. Then they go to New Hampshire, another teeny tiny state that is not representative at all of the nation at large. And politicians will spend tons and tons of money to try to show well enough in Iowa and then New Hampshire to survive, to keep running. Haley apparently spent $31 million, her campaign did, in New Hampshire alone. Still didn't win. I think she lost like 53 to 47 or something like that. It was fairly close, 50. I had to look it up. I do It doesn't matter. Trump still won, and that was with this. Get this. The New-, New Hampshire primary is one in which you can cross over to vote on the other side. You don't have to be a registered Republican to vote Republican or registered Democrat. So 70% of Nikki Haley voters, according to exit polls, were not registered Republicans. They were just voting for her to try to slow down Trump. Now, zoom out for a second and ask yourself, did the founders envision this would be how it would end up 228 years later. Don't quote me on the years. You get my point. I think the answer is, uh, yeah, not so much. 54-43, that was your final from New Hampshire. Back to sports. Dateline, the Olympics. Jay Lindbergh has revealed they will outfit Team USA golfers at the upcoming Olympics in Paris. Jay Lindbergh is a very famous and successful Swedish brand, of athletic wear and golf wear, which is great for people who have a body fat percentage of under mm, 3%. Skinny, mini, teeny, tiny, Euro-bodied type guys. (laughs) The uniforms that they have shown are horrendous from my sense of fashion, but I'm even more offended that, hey, we're Team USA. Could we maybe not get a Swedish company? And I know we're in a global economy, and even American companies outsource materials and or labor and or manufacturing processes to other countries. I get that, but still. Jay Lindberg, we can do better, people. We can do better. Dateline LA. Britney Spears has reportedly been banned from the Four Seasons for going topless at the pool. Don't you mean comped for life? At the Four Seasons? I mean, come on. You're telling me you're the Four Seasons. Britney Spears is topless, and that's a problem somehow? You should enter into a marketing agreement with her. Not that the Four Seasons in L.A. needs any extra marketing. I'm sure they get they sell out pretty much all the time at rack rates that would astound you. Dateline gambling. Guess what? Barstool is looks like they're going to be back in the gambling space at the end of the football season. Apparently, they're going to be partnering with DraftKings, and there was a non-compete when the company got sold back to Dave Portnoy, El Presidente, for a dollar, with an agreement that when he finally sells the company, uh, Penn National gets 50% of that future sale price. This is huge. This is amazing. And this is almost head scratching so you only had a six month non-compete to not be involved in any kind of gambling that's it six months not two years not five years not never to give the company back for a dollar good for barstool good for portnoy i had kind of thought man what is barstool going to become what what is their business model going forward because i think they were almost at the point of exhausting themselves of trying to produce content, 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 advertising, content, advertising, content, advertising. The real money always was going to be in a gambling type thing. And reports are they're going to get a DraftKings deal that is eight figures. So consider it $10 million a year plus, plus starting as soon as the end of football. So good for Barstool. Good for those who like Barstool. Dateline DC, another CVS is closed in the inner city for reasons you probably already know about. People be stealing shit all the time. The shelves of the CVS and Columbia Heights in DC have been empty for over a year. All the while, street vendors would set up shop on cardboard tables just outside the door and resell the stolen items at cheaper rates. Well, CVS just announced, yeah, that's it, we're... We're closing next month permanently. Of course, local citizens are outraged. Politicians are rattling their sabers and saying, "This is how can this happen? Well, <laughs> you don't crack down on people stealing shit. You make it so that it's assumed, hey, just take everything. What'd you think was going to happen? This follows in the footsteps of other successful or should be successful businesses because Everybody, black, white, green, brown, everything in between, needs basic drugstore necessities. So they should be able to make money if you just keep them from getting robbed and looted every day. So now people that live in that area are going to have to go further away or order stuff online or whatever. It sucks. It's stupid. I mean, this is not even a country at this point if you can't keep drugstores open in certain parts of certain cities. But this follows... I saw where a, I think it was an in and out burger in Oakland that was closing because it was too fucking dangerous. It wasn't that they weren't selling burgers. They were. They were making money at the location, but there was too much mayhem going on outside, and they were worried for their employees. And I'm sure they had a number of employees that were like, I ain't fucking working here anymore. It's crazy outside. It's kind of hard to have a country if that's the way it's going to be. Back to sports. Remember Haley Kavinder? Remember. You know who Haley Kavinder is. She's one of the two Kavinder twins. Very high-profile influencer, social media, part-time basketball player. Not bad. Played at Fresno State. The two of them then transferred to Miami. They got the look. Platinum blondes, perfect symmetry, beautiful smile, great body. What's not to like? Well, even Haley Kavinder can fall into the vortex of self-doubt because of social media. Kavinder said she had a mental breakdown after her relationship with Cowboys tight end Jake Ferguson went public. She said, I started looking at the comments about my face. Oh, my God. So you're an influencer who is widely understood to be incredibly beautiful, have millions and millions of followers. You make millions of dollars basically doing nothing. And yet, social media is so powerful, Someone, some guy behind his keyboard can go, well, your face looks like it's Humpty Dumpty. Well, is it true? Let me look at this. Ridiculous. What happens if you get busted for performance-enhancing drugs? Can you claim, but my performance wasn't enhanced? Tristan Thompson got banned by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Tristan Thompson banned by the NBA that'd be Tristan Thompson of the Cleveland Cavaliers, suspended without pay for 25 games for violating the terms of the NBA's anti-drug program testing. He was caught with Ibutamorin and SARM LGD4033, whatever those things are. I'm sure some steroids. I'm sure it's something that's supposed to help your performance. But as somebody tweeted, his defense should be, but my performance still sucks. He's in his 12th year in the league uh, did not play last year but is on Cleveland this season and he's averaging 3.8 points per game the 3.8 points per game is a new career low for a guy who was already wildly overpaid if I was his attorney in those hearings I'd say but your honor performance enhancing is Tristan Thompson look at this he sucks Nobody cares that he's in the league. Nobody cares that he's taking all this shit. It ain't helping. He gets 14 minutes of play a night. He comes pre-installed with six fouls. Mr. Commissioner, he's not bothering anybody. Besides, he's dated a Kardashian. Don't you think that's enough? Or married to, right? Somebody else tweeted, oh, Tristan Thompson cheated, huh? Shocker. He of course, cheated on Chloe Kardashian. While we're in California... Stateline cannabis, a California woman who stabbed and killed her boyfriend 108 times will not go to prison. Instead, she will serve two years probation and has been sentenced to community service. Wait, what? Stabbed and killed her boyfriend 108 times probation. Apparently, she, she successfully argued with her attorneys that she, uh, took one hit of marijuana that was extremely potent, went into a hallucinogenic sort of trance, and stabbed her boyfriend to death just 108 times. That's only like 30 stabs right there. When cops arrived, they found her soaked in blood and crying next to the corpse of her boyfriend. I don't necessarily doubt that that's probably what happened. But don't you think, even if it's, quote, not your fault, that if you stab your boyfriend and kill him hundred and eight times, you should maybe do some jail time? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Of course, a lot of people say, ah, it's just, it's just a plant, man. It's just, it's not a big deal, marijuana. You boomers. Oh, don't smoke weed. Weed is getting way more potent according to the stories I'm reading. I don't use it. If you consume it, wonderful for you. I hope it's responsibly. Careful don't stab anybody 108 times after using it. But it's way more potent than the stuff that the sixties and the hippies. Uh the hippies in the sixties were using. So there you go. Jon Stewart's returning to the Daily Show and will serve as its executive producer and host on Monday evenings through the 2024 election cycle. Well, of course. Jon Stewart had said, I'm over this stuff, enough politics. Oh, looks like Trump might win, get back in office. Jon Stewart, I got to get in there. I got to get in there to make my jokes and tell the midwits what to think. Some of you didn't know what midwit was. I used this in a tweet recently. Midwit. Never heard that one before. That's funny. What's a midwit? Well, you know what a dimwit is. A dimwit is, I don't know, nothing about them. A midwit is somebody who is smart enough to know just enough to be easily swayed by some nice sounding or thinly sourced things. Not real critical thinkers. Just people who want to pretend like, I know what's going on. Yeah, and I believe this because I heard it. They don't think for themselves. They don't consider all sides. Their reasoning skills are mediocre at best. They are midwits. Everyone's got to be in the middle at some point of some things, and that's what they are. So congratulations. The midwit king is back to lead his army just in time for the 2024 election. Dayline Vegas. Wildest Inflation Red Flag, Vegas Table Limits. This this is the headline at zerohedge.com. Anyone who's gone to a restaurant, grocery store, or car lot during the current administration can't deny the reality of inflation. But despite what the federal government is saying about all the success of their anti-inflation efforts, red flags keep popping up all over. Take the Vegas Strip, for example. Casinos there, long known for trying to take the money of everyone and anyone from the highest rolling down to the coupon-clipping low roller camped out of the Motel 6 or Excalibur are now tacitly admitting that some dollars aren't worth the effort taking. In August, the Wall Street Journal reported the declining number of tables where you could play blackjack where the amount of revenue earned, uh, th- There is a declining number of tables, raw number of tables dealing blackjack in Vegas. This has been tracked. In fact my dad would probably know this being a subscriber to Stanford Wong's Blackjack newsletter Don't snicker that's a real thing and he loves it um, the revenue from Blackjack stayed high fewer tables revenue still where it is. This as casinos continue to offer worse rules to players such as paying out six to five on blackjacks rather than the traditional three to two yes it's hard to find a six a three to three to two table in Vegas. And oftentimes, those three to two tables have very high limits. It's easy. I know when I play blackjack and I've quit, I've retired from blackjack multiple times saying, this fucking game is impossible. I, it's, it feels rigged. I don't want to play it. And then I'll have a good session. I'm like, I'm back, baby. I'm back. It doesn't seem like the three to two versus six to five is a big deal because you might get a blackjack once every, I don't know, half an hour, if that, if you're lucky, But it really makes a big difference over the long run for the casino. It's bullshit. You should get three to two. That's the game. But hey, they can make the rules whatever they want. Even worse is roulette tables where traditionally roulette was 18 red, 18 black, and one single green zero. Then they added the double zero green. Now there are many roulette wheels which have three green slots, which means the house wins unless you're playing one of those three green slots with your chips, and that is not the best bet in the house. It's insane, but tables, uh, strip casinos are also doing away with low table limits, meaning that players that want to just play five or ten dollar single hand blackjack are struggling to even find a game five or ten. I think it's hard to find a fifteen anymore, and that's kind of my sweet spot. I'll play for fifteen all day every day, maybe twenty. And I don't know why that has been a hard number for me over the years to not get past. I, too, have the economic means to afford $20, $25 blackjack if I'm responsible. I just don't feel comfortable doing it. Of course, I remember playing $1 live hand-dealt blackjack at the Circus Circus. Actually, not just Circus. Circus Circus, yes, but also Slots of Fun. A tiny... Bandbox of a shithole little casino next to Circus Circus, one dollar blackjack, one. And you didn't even play with chips; it was silver coins, silver dollars, and they would clink when you would stack them up. Ah, uh, good times! I was twenty-two, tw- no, I was, I was 21, 22 years old, senior year in college, playing out there. Beautiful. You can't find, you can't find that anymore. They got machines for that if you want to play low stakes blackjack, and that's fine it's not as fun though it's not as fun to sit there but basically gambling is another indicator of yeah inflation's real even the casinos are like it costs too much money to pay a live body to deal this game if the limits or the rules are not going to be where we need them to be and then we'll end on this a little sports thing for you jared Goff was doing his weekly radio appearance uh on what station this was on lions fan report Um, uh, i'm not sure what station it's on but it sounds like a radio interview he was asked about jared Goff. was asked by the hosts about so do you guys believe in locker room material shit talk that people say about oh, the lions can't do this lions can't do that here is what they asked him about one skipper bayless of Fox Sports.
2: Hey, does uh, does bulletin board material matter to you guys at all?
0: Uh it depends what it is. What, what do you got?
2: Skip Bayless after your game. Tweeted out the following no, I don't care about anything he says. You can stop <laughs> now. I love it. No, yeah. no oxygen. No oxygen. <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 anything those guys say on daytime TV you can you can skip over that. Yeah.
0: Even Jared Goff thinks nothing of the daytime TV pundits. I think most people I know, friends and other fans, also realize the daytime opinions on cable TV are complete shit and embarrassingly bad at times. And yet, and yet the economic model works. The shows keep proliferating. The hosts on those shows are wildly overpaid, even though the athletes dismiss them out of hand most fans I know say, "Yeah." what did Skip Bayless say now? Somehow there's an audience. Somehow it works. It's a mystery to me. And am I jealous? you goddamn right I am. But I'll just deal with that. I'll just stand here in the closet giving you the best audio quality I can possibly deliver and look up at the clock and say, my God, 40 minutes. 40 minutes of me talking. Sports, life, society. Crime, punishment, inflation, more sports, Tristan Thompson, the Kardashians. We covered a lot today. And I appreciate you being with me. Thank you so much. Spread the word. Rate and review. Tickle the algorithmic overlords. Tomorrow, the return of the OGs on the Zabecast Premium Edition. Fridays are for the true loyalist. Five dollars a month. I know you got it in you somewhere. It's a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Plain cup of coffee, I bet. Don't call plain whatever you get my point and you go month to month when your times get too tight when inflation grips you in the balls just cancel you don't even have to tell me you're canceling you don't have to make up a letter like i'm really sorry i like the podcast but i'm canceling uh or if you're in for a dime in for a dollar in for a year you get 12 months for the price of 11 what a bargain huh so go to zabe.com slash premium and subscribe today Thanks for listening. Have a great Thursday, and we will see you next time. time.